Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on FRW Online. I'm Denise Salcedo. You are watching Speak Now. And it is February 1st, and we are going to be chatting about AEW Dynamite here tonight. And oh my God. So I got to tell you, I'm feeling pretty damn good. And the reason why I'm feeling pretty good is honestly because of that main event. That main event between Darby Allen and Samoa Joe freaking had me like a little kid at Disney land um i loved that match for those of you who do not know i you know i hate to sound like weird but i really love matches like this where it is just pure solely entertain like solely entertaining from top to bottom not just like hard hitting but also like with a lot of violence and some crazy uh you know spots that we saw throughout this entire match the whole all of the past matches that we've been watching with Samoa Joe and Darby Allen have legitimately been really great but this one um was definitely the best one it was I can tell you already my match of the night and that is saying a lot too because we had a lot of really good wrestling on today's show like um there was so much stuff that we saw throughout the night from top to bottom that I thought was pretty good there was maybe just like one match one segment that I probably didn't like on today's show but everything else I thought pretty much delivered and I would say that the theme of tonight's night was good wrestling but also diverse wrestling where we got a bunch of different types of matches and different styles of matches so we are going to go ahead and break that down in just a second but hey everyone thank you so much for being here uh wednesdays i love being here each and every single week to talk about dynamite because we never know uh what kind of show we're going to get and usually we can kind of tell already based on what's been announced ahead of time and going into today's show i pretty much knew we were going to get a lot of really good uh wrestling wise especially because there were a couple of matches on today's card that we had already seen before so we kind of expected we kind of knew what we were going to get out of tonight so i'm feeling pretty good overall about today's show but just an fyi guys if you do want to get your question your comment your statement your thoughts uh your opinions read here on this stream or just help support this podcast at any point you are more than welcome to send in a super chat and i will make sure uh to read those here on the show additionally i do want to say before we get into dynamite that this past weekend i uploaded so much content on my YouTube channel. It is insane. I did like 20 videos are up right now. Um, All of these interviews that I got from Royal Rumble weekend and I chatted with people like Seth Rollins. I chatted with Omaz. I chatted with the New Day, uh, Chad Gable, Otis, and I'm blanking, I'm blanking, Liv Morgan, and Dominic Mysterio. And there's so many up there that you guys can go ahead and check out. I think they were, uh, a lot of them came out pretty good. We got some good uh, talking points. So if you want to check those out, it really means a lot to me if you guys do. But we got our, fa our first Super Chat of the night. And this is from Ed Jones, who says, uh, our favorite step host, uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it, Ed Jones. Uh, uh, thank you so much for the super chat and just being uh, overall very generous with that. I appreciate it. Um, we got another one here from Steven who says, um, shout out to Denise for just being the best. Thank you. I appreciate the positivity on today's stream. Hell yeah. I'm feeling it. Thank you so much to uh, Steven as well for sending this in. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead. By the way, we did get a happy ending here tonight. FYI, AEW Dynamite gave us a nice happy ending. We'll talk about that more later. All right, so let's get into it. Um, everybody in the chat is pretty much blowing it up in terms of how they felt about today's show. And that was really because we got a lot of really good stuff. All right, so we kicked off the night with a pretty um lengthy match at that which was good because i'm so glad that they gave it a lot of time here um we got a pay-per-view caliber match with uh john moxley versus hangman adam page part three so we've you know i got to see them wrestle at uh, dynamite you know we had already seen the match before that um so they're they've been doing a lot between them and here's the thing about moxley and hangman is that i feel it wasn't when was it not too long ago we had somebody here in the chat that was talking about how maybe they kind of wanted a little bit more edge from um from hangman and that was something that they kind of felt that was lacking from hangman and i feel that today today's match in particular 
we kind of got a different vibe from Hangman Adam Page. Hangman felt different tonight where he felt a little bit meaner. He felt a little bit more uh, conniving. Like he really wanted to, um, you know, as inflict as much pain as he possibly could on John Moxley. If you were not... If you are not an AEW regular, if you're a casual viewer, you're just watching with a friend, watching the way that this match started off with them basically fighting out on the outside, uh, it's clear that these are two guys that have beef with one another, and it doesn't take much to figure that out really based on the way that they started this match. Like, you don't even have to be following the story. This could have been your first time seeing Hangman Page and John Moxley, but they did a really good job at making it crystal clear we don't like each other right now. We just want to, um, you know, beat the other person. And we know that it takes a lot to beat the other person. And so this is what we're going to do. So they start fighting out on the outside. Um, they end up going into the crowd. John Moxley does the figure four out on the concrete floor. Uh, we see Paige... Um, uh, we see Paige throw a chair into Mox's face out of nowhere. And so even though this was the start of the match, it wasn't the official start. Finally, we get into the ring. And before this even started, before the match even officially started, I had a slight worry because I thought that for a second they were going to do a whole thing where uh, they start out fighting and things just get too out of control that we don't even have this match. So there was a point where I was thinking like, man, are we still going to get this match between John Moxley and Hangman Page? but we did we ended up getting right into it and we got so much guys here this was really good and this really set the tone of the night uh because we and they ended up keeping it consistently in terms of what we ended up seeing in terms of like the wrestling wise uh, wrestling wise we won today. Um, so let's kind of talk a little bit about what they did here. So we got to see a lot of blows exchanged right at the top between Hangman and Mox. Um, and they exchanged chops and all of that. There's a point where uh, Paige just throws Moxley into the turnbuckle from the ring apron. And it's pretty brutal. Uh, a nice little spot that they did there during the break. Because I actually paid attention during the picture in picture this time. Um, Mox was like biting and scratching the back of Hangman. Uh, man adam page that was pretty good to see um there was a good moment where moxley slaps him and then flips him off and then um gets him with the cutter out of nowhere so things kind of got things kind of got a little bit more personal throughout this match we got this is awesome chance people were totally into this adam page goes for a moonsault but john moxley moves out of the way and then comes in and clotheslines um adam page we see a power bomb from page to moxley we see page hit the dead i go for the pin it's a near fall uh we see hangman hit the tombstone pile driver on john moxley goes for the buckshot lariat gets another near fall and then uh we get a nice finish with john moxley getting the win but what they did here at one point even and puts them through a table i forgot to mention that part um there was just a lot that happened here that to me um and clearly with the way that the match ended we know that this is going to continue uh into something else i'm feeling pretty positive that this is going to be a match that we're going to be seeing at revolution um i can't imagine that we don't get to that point and i'm assuming there's going to be some sort of you know clearly they got to change the stipulation somebody on twitter suggested a last man standing i would like to see something like that between john moxley and hangman adam page um but i'm really liking how when this whole story first started, the whole thing we were setting up for was John Moxley and MJF. And Hangman Page was kind of something just to, you know, fill the gap before we got to John Moxley, MJF. And I like how this ended up being in its own extension, a whole other storyline that um, basically took ended up happening because of the way that things ended with Hangman Adam Page in uh, his match with John Moxley, where he ended up getting concussed and having to, uh, you know, that was an unfortunate ending, but he comes back and we just totally picked up on something that kind of feels like maybe, I don't know, I'm curious about this. And I don't know, um, you know, obviously, I don't know, since I don't know if Tony Khan has talked about this yet in, in any interview, but it feels to me like we got so much more than we might have anticipated from John Moxley and Hangman Page. Like, I have a feeling that that match that we got with Page and Moxley where he was concussed, I have a feeling that that was supposed to be really the only match during that period. But because of, of, of that and then where they picked up and then the good matches that we just kept on get, um, we just kept on getting, it feels like we ended up just getting a lot more than we were probably um, 
meant to in the beginning, or at least that's the way that it feels to me. So I really, I man, I dug this one. This one was a pay-per-view caliber match. And I think that I'm definitely expecting this to go all the way to uh, Revolution, um, again, with some sort of stipulation for this, because this was good stuff, man. Uh, Danny Padilla, thank you so much to Danny, who sends in a super chat saying, Hi, Denise. Hope you're doing well. Just wanted to say, uh, Danielson, Thatcher, that is all. Uh, we are going to get into that match pretty soon. And here's the thing. Like, I had a feeling, like I mentioned on the previous show that I'm like not really that big of a fan of Timothy Thatcher. And with that being said, that match was definitely enjoyable. And we'll talk more about it later on. But I'm, I wasn't expecting for the match to be bad at all. Like, I knew it wasn't going to be bad at all. Like, that's that was definitely not going to happen. But I do think that I got a lot more bang for my buck than I was expecting. Uh, but thank you so much to Danny Padilla for sending in this super chat as well. Um, let's see what else we got here. This is from Grapple Geekery. Thank you so much to Grapple Geekery who says, I was cheering for Hangman, but I couldn't be mad at that result. That match ruled. And yeah, shades of ROH era hung bucks Hangman on tonight's uh, show. We got like I said, we got more of an edgier hangman page and I'm here for it because I think this is what we needed. And that's the thing. And I always go back to this, like when um, hangman Adam page was AW world champion. I know a lot of people were kind of, you know, not really sold on his run, but I really liked hangman Adam page as a champion. I really did. I liked all of the uh, stuff that he did with Lance Archer. I love the stuff that he did with Brian Danielson. There was just a lot that I really enjoyed there. And, but this feels different. This feels different. And I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe the change that we're seeing in hangman page. Um, but it's working right now. It's definitely working. So I'm good with this. Uh, thank you so much to Grapple Geekery for sending in that super chat here today. That's very much appreciated. Um, you know what's funny about today's show is that I can guarantee you every person on this chat is going to have a different favorite match. I don't think there's any way that we agree on what is the ultimate best match of tonight. I think there's going to be people that it's Thatcher Danielson. There's going to be people that it's Hangman Page, John Moxley. Then there's going to be people like me that it's Samoa Joe, Darby Allen. Uh, so we got a little bit something different for each person, depending on your taste uh, that you have for pro wrestling. So everybody likes something different. Um, all right. So after this, we did get uh, we got to go into the women here because this is we're finally seeing and we saw this already uh, previously the change in uh, Soraya and Tony Storm finally being heels because the whole thing here is that Britt Baker because she's so good at being a heel but Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter did not you didn't want to boo them you wanted to cheer them they didn't feel like they should be the heels but yet they were supposed to be the heels prior to this uh, prior to the Dynamite show and at the Dynamite show in Los Angeles and all of that they were supposed to be it didn't feel natural because everybody wanted to boo Soraya and Tony and cheer for Jamie and Britt, but Jamie and Britt were supposed to be the heels. And so we finally saw, uh, you know, Soraya and, and Tony kind of have that change um, with everything that occurred uh, last time. So finally, we're seeing this change and we talked about it already previously, but today we did see Tony Storm and Soraya essentially attack Britt Baker uh, two on one while Tony Storm was doing a uh, interview with Renee Paquette. So I'm very happy that they're moving forward with this, that they're keeping it the way that it's supposed to be, because it just didn't feel, um, it stopped feeling natural. People didn't want to cheer for Soraya and Tony Storm. So it finally feels like we're getting, like we're getting what feels a little bit more, um, what feels a little bit more right here. And so I'm liking this. This is fine. I like the, the pacing we're going with this story. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Um, all right. And people are asking, does this mean that Britt and Jamie are going to turn babyface now? I mean, they should. They should. They're the ones that people want to cheer for. They're, it, it makes sense to me based on we're seeing them do a two-on-one attack. I mean, they should. And especially now that it's very crystal clear that Soraya and Tony are not babyfaces anymore. So uh, let's see what else we got here. This is a super chat from Sheldon Jackson who says, I'm happy Thatcher... I'm happy Thatcher 
got to compete in AEW while living his dream of competing in Japan since his style really fits in over there in uh, Noah. Yeah, that's definitely something to note. Thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending this in. Um, Nick Grosso sends in a super chat saying, after tonight, I hope Ruby Soho doesn't side with the homegrown uh, girl. She should turn heel and side with Soraya and Tony Storm. So they did have a backstage um, interaction where Renee was chatting it up with uh, with Britt and Jamie and kind of checking in on Britt and seeing how she was doing. And then Ruby Soho came in almost like she's Switzerland, you know, <laughs> she, she comes in peace, right? She goes in there and she's like, oh, I just want to see how you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of kick her out and tell her to go away. Like, you know what? They're like, you would know better. You know, those girls more than, more than we do. And so I'm curious to see where Ruby Soho actually lies. Um, to me, it would make more sense to have Ruby Soho with Soraya and Tony Storm, given where they're from and, you know, their backgrounds and where they were at previously. Uh, it makes a lot more sense to stick about, to stick Ruby Soho on that side of um, this feud. So yeah. Uh, thank you to Nick Grosso for also sending this in as well. Um, okay, so that's where we're at with that story. It seems like they're kind of fixing, like I said, they're just fixing who's the baby faces, who's the heels in this. We're seeing a switch, and it's probably going to make for a better story than if it was the other way around. Plus, I also do think that Soraya needed this change as well because it, 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 with Soraya, it was it was weird how everything went down because she came out, you know, she had this, you know, she had her AEW debut and the debut was really nice to see. She had a great reaction, but it was quickly when she went in there with Britt Baker, you know, you were you would you would have thought you would have thought that Soraya would be the person that people would cheer for because, oh, she's coming back after this neck injury. And, you know, a lot of people didn't think that she would be back and look at her finally get her moment. Wow, this and that. It's a feel-good story, right? But because of that one promo, because Soraya had a lot of really great things that she said in that promo. I loved that promo with Soraya and Britt Baker, but a lot of people did not like it. And I completely get why they didn't like it because – you know, Soraya was going out there and calling AEW her home and this and that and her house and all of this. And we all knew we weren't really buying that because Britt Baker was the one that, uh, you, Britt Baker was the homegrown one there for AEW, not Soraya. And so it was a little hard to buy uh, Soraya as a baby face while she was using, while she was saying things like that in her promo. So even if you wanted to cheer for Soraya, it was like, oh, well, I can't really agree with that too much. And so I think that started the chain of events where people didn't necessarily want to root um, for Soraya in this. So it was kind of weird. I think we had like a mixture where we we're like, hell yeah, like it's so cool to see Soraya. She's back in the ring and this and that. But then at the same time, it's like, well, I can't really agree with everything she's saying in these promos. And so it it, it, it kind of got off to a start that was a little bit unclear or it just didn't necessarily hit right away. I do wish that a lot of the early promos that we got from Soraya, especially in that feud with Britt Baker, I wish they were a little bit different because instead of maybe, and uh, instead of wanting this heel turn for Soraya, it could have been more of a, uh, it would have been better if it would have came as a surprise, right? Instead of, oh, this is better that she's a heel. I, I, I wish it would have came more so as a surprise instead of this is what needs to be done for us to actually enjoy this story. So that's where I'm at right now with all of this. Um, all right. So uh, Simeon Windef said she accidentally booked herself into a hero role. And I hate to I hate to agree with that, but yeah, there were some moments, and that's the thing. Like I remember really liking that story. I mean that that uh, that promo between Britt and uh, Soraya, but a lot of people did not like it, and the AEW fans did not really like it. And um, there was a lot of good stuff that I felt like I could not boo. Soraya like I could not boo her when she was out there talking about you know overcoming public humili humiliation and all of those topics that she touched on in her promo I'm like there's no way I can boo this woman right but at the same time there were things in this promo said that you just couldn't necessarily agree with um so anyways we won't get into that we've already talked about that so much but let's move on from there um so after this we got this next thing guys is honestly probably my least favorite thing on the show. 
Yep, this was my least favorite thing on the show. So this was the acclaimed versus the outrunners, which was True Magnum and Turbo Floyd. So we got the acclaimed. They come out. They do their little rap. Max Caster says uh, uh, he has a good life. When he, a good line where he says, "We're the nicest fighting two guys in their midlife crisis." I like that line. And then he says. I bet you have sex with each other. How are we going to fight the bootleg Beverly, Beverly brothers? Um, I thought those were pretty good lines, but he always has good lines. So there you go. Um, I could not get into this match at all because there was one moment where one of the outrunners, I forget which one, was supposed to get thrown out of the ring. But instead, he doesn't seem to get it the whole way. So he ends up throwing himself out of the ring. And let me tell you, um, I wasn't feeling it, guys. After that little moment, I'm like, I cannot get into this little squash match. I can't get into it. After seeing the guy eliminate himself, I was like, yep, I'm out here. I'm completely, completely out. Um, I get why they did the squash match. I totally get it. But I want to see the acclaimed in just I don't know, just like having matches that mean a little bit more while we're building up with everything that they're doing with the guns. So for me, I was not into this little squash match whatsoever. It was too hokey after that spot. I was out. Um, but anyways, let's get into everything else that happened here. So after this, we have the guns. They come out and they're asking for a title match. And the claim is like, no, we don't want it. Then we have some... Um, continued beef here Billy Gunn finally gets fed up and he's like you know what I'm done with this I'm fed up we know that they did the family therapy the week before and he's completely fed up with everything between these two guys right these two teams so he decides to walk away and during this the guns I actually like this part though I did like this part the guns tell him you know what go leave do everything that you did in our childhood and go and drown yourself um, with the bottom of a pill bottle. Read between the lines with all of that, guys. Uh, things got personal very, very fast. So then Billy comes back, gets in their faces, and this pretty much leads. And they have a little bit of a mic malfunction that kind of took some of it, took some of the energy out of the room, but they quickly got it back afterwards. Uh, so he gets in their faces and he's fed up. He's done with their shit. So he's like, you know what? Fine. Let's do this tag team title shot. And the acclaimed didn't really look that convinced. They seemed a little bit startled by it. So here's the thing. And I'm going to pass this one to the chat here. But do you think that Billy Gunn is going to turn on the acclaimed? Do you think that in the end, he is going to help his sons get the win here? Because why did he, was, was, was being fed up enough of a reason for him to be like, yeah, fine, you guys get this title shot? I don't know. It got me thinking, what if? I don't know if I would necessarily love it because I do think there's so much that can be done with the acclaimed and Billy Gunn and they're pretty damn over when it comes to this. But what if we do see Billy Gunn turn on the acclaimed? Let's see what people are saying. Um, everyone's here. We got Neil who says, yes, it's that easy. James Jones says, oh yeah. Dante NYC says, absolutely. First thing I thought. Uh, Neil says they're going to play the sympathy card since uh, he wasn't there. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, TDRE79 says, swerve, bro. Um, let's see what else. <laughs> this is a good one. Alexis P says, I think his daddy ass shirts sell too well for that to happen. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Um, a lot of people think it's going to happen. Um, I don't know, guys, because I do. And they're, they are going to be well on their own. Dark Lord says they're going to be well on their own. Yeah, yeah, that's not even the issue. But I'm just thinking, do I want that already? Do I want to see Billy Gunn turn on the acclaim and do them dirty like that? It feels like it would keep the story progressing, but at the same time, it just makes sense, though, to have him align himself back with his children, right? I don't know. I'm a little bit, 
I'm a little bit turned upside down on this one where I'm like, it feels like it feels like the predictable thing that they can do is have Billy Gunn turn on the acclaim and make them out to be fools and go back and align himself with his children. That makes sense, right? But at the same time, it would kind of kill what they got going. So I don't know that I necessarily want to see that. I still feel like we can get a lot more out of the acclaimed and Billy Gunn doing their thing. And I would like to be, I would like to see them maybe, you know, teach the guns a lesson by having, uh, you know, them lose and be, you know, embarrassed by the acclaimed and their own father. And the guns are really easy because they're, they they play the character well of like obnoxious, you know, young kids that are super entitled and always get what they want. And so it's very easy to want to see them, uh, you know, be the butt of the joke, right? It's very easy. And so that's where I'm at here where I'm wondering what cards are they going to play to continue this story? Or is it going to be a one and done and just have them defeat the guns and call it a day and have them move on to something else? I do not know right now. Um, and yeah, I do not want to see the guns as, um, let me preface that by saying I do not want to see the guns yet as AW tag team champions, by the way. So that's why I'm wondering what is going to happen here. Uh, let's see what else we got here and see what people um, are saying. Um, we got we got everybody here with a little bit of a difference of opinions on this one, but I guess we'll see what's going to end up happening with this here. Um, and we got people saying that they can't decide either. And Joan says, we got two words for you, merch sales. I know, man. I have a scissor me daddy ass t-shirt, man. I don't know how I ended up with one, but I got one. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll wait and see what ends up going with that uh, just yet. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping we don't see them get screwed out of their titles. But here we go. We got a super chat from Sheldon Jackson who says, Denise, question. Are the ass boys still officially a part of the firm since we only saw them since we only saw them in Stokely half the way a few times. Dude, I completely forgot that was even a thing with them. Um, so I'm going to say no, because I don't recall even the last time we saw them all together. Hmm. Someone refresh my memory on this one. I don't think so. I think that's it, right? They haven't been doing anything. I haven't seen Stokely with them in a while. So I'm going to say no. Is no the answer? Thank you, Sheldon. <laughs> uh, thank you for sending in that question. All right, so let's go ahead and press on from here. And um, here's another one. So we had Jungle Boy backstage with Alex Marvez, and he's basically asking him, you know, what's next for Jungle Hook? And uh, Jungle Boy basically says that he's done, that he's done the tag team thing in the past. And you know what? It didn't work out. And let's be real. He was... Uh, he went through hell and back with his former uh, bestie, Luchasaurus. So we know how that turned out for him. And he says that this year he is going to be a champion, but he's talking in the singles realm of things. So are we done with Jungle Hook already? Damn, I got to tell you, I don't know if I necessarily like, I, I feel like we could have gotten definitely a lot more there. I kind of feel like if this is, if that was it, then that's it. Okay. But I feel like there could have been more there. But Jungle Boy's right. Obviously, we want to see Jungle Boy spread his wings and, you know, get a singles opportunity, maybe get, maybe become TNT champion down the road. Um, but it kind of did feel like, a, like I was left high and dry here. Honestly. Oh, man. Let's see what people are saying here. We're going to move on in just a second. All right. We got, <laughs> um, we got Alexis who says, what if the singles gold is the FT FTW title? Probably not. I don't know. YT says they should do Jungle Hookhausen for the trios titles at some point. Maybe. Neil says, I feel like Jungle Boy with these storylines don't move the needle. Well, you know what, though? I, 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 I disagree with that because I really did like the program with him and Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. And I thought that him and Christian Cage had a really, really good back and forth. Remember when Christian was literally burying him and, you know, saying all these terrible things about his, his family, his mother, his father who passed away. Things got really brutal during that time period for Jungle Boy. I thought that was a pretty hot story. I was pretty into that story when it was going down, but it, um, 
But it's like, okay, well, what do we do next? What do we do next with Jungle Boy? I do think there could have been a lot more um, with Jungle Hook there. But I guess, like Simeon says, Jungle Hook are limited edition, sadly. <laughs> that bums me out a little bit. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, move on from here because we got more to talk about. And let's get into uh, Kanosuke Takeshita versus Brian Cage. And um, where do I begin? So I first of all want to talk about how they're giving Takeshita a lot of opportunities. And I'm really glad that they are because he has sort of um, garnered He's garnered so much respect, I feel, from the fans where people uh, know to expect good quality work from him. But on top of that, and I don't want to sound like a creep or anything, but the dude is a heartthrob. He's a heartthrob. I was looking at the crowd today and there was this girl uh, with her, you know, with her sign. And she was, I forgot what the sign said, but it was about, uh, about him. And it was like, and I started to think and I took a second look and I'm like, you know what? You can do a whole lot with that. I don't want to sound like a creep, man, but you know, that could definitely be something to like add to the, Hey, you know what? Like not only is he, is he a good worker, but shit, he could be making the ladies like swoon. Um, it was just something that quickly popped into my head where I'm like, you know what? He's a freaking heartthrob. There's something there. Um, <laughs> is anybody else noticing this or is just just me? Like, I feel like they did. Like, there's something there. Grab a hold to that. Let's be real. When you have a good looking guy that can do good work, hell, you can go so far with them. Um, but there you go. Um, I really do think that there's something more to grab a hold of there. But um, so that's kind of what I was thinking about at the start of this match. And then um, on Brian Cage's side, I already said this last week, but I really do like that we're seeing a lot more with Brian Cage. Uh, I don't know what's the latest now with his contract. We talked about that last week. Um, I don't know if there's been any recent updates regarding that. I haven't seen anything, but I'm curious because again, we went such a long period, such a long stretch where we weren't seeing Brian Cage. And now that it feels like we were nearing the end, where we weren't really going to be seeing much of him. All of a sudden, we've been getting so many spurts of Brian Cage, and we've been seeing a lot of really good um, moments for Brian Cage on AEW. And so him going in there and having this match with Takeshita, it was definitely not a match that I even expected them to put to book even before it was announced. Like, I wasn't expecting the booking of this particular matchup. And even then, I thought this was a pretty good little simple, straightforward match. It kind of kept the tone of the night going. It didn't feel like a complete... I wouldn't go out there and say it was like the best match of the night though, but it was definitely up there in terms of good quality stuff. Um, it was just an, on a night like this when you have everything else, um, it didn't stand out as much to me in comparison to everything else. But on any other night, this would have been definitely up there with some of the, with a good moment. But we saw um, throughout this match, we saw... Uh, the Blue Thunder Bomb from Takashita, that was pretty cool. I liked the suplex pot spot from uh, Brian Cage. That was cool as well. Uh, shot, shotgun drop kick from Takeshita, that was good as well. Um, and finally, when he hit the Brain Buster, I was a fan of that. And then he finally gets the knee to Cage, gets the pin. This was a fun a fun win for him. And then considering what we saw later on in the night with uh, MJF, uh, I'm even more so happy that we got this match and that he got this win. And even before that, like not too long ago, he was getting a little bit more of promo work opportunities. And uh, we're just seeing that they're actually investing in him. In terms of he's not just coming in sporadically and having these good matches like he kind of was before. Now we're seeing a little bit more storyline. We're seeing a little bit more promo work. We're seeing a little bit more uh, personality and depth being added to Takeshita. So um, that feels like that feels like something to uh, be excited about in just a second. But we'll talk more about him later on because we do have that uh, whole thing with him and MJF down the road. But we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, this is from Aaron Murray who says, Brian Cage is just keeping us on our toes. I think AEW and Brian have already come to an agreement, but it's a secretive right now. So the buzz can keep going to see where he will end up next. Again, I don't know where he's going to, what's going to go down with that until we know for sure. I guess we'll just sit back and enjoy when he's on TV and have the cool matches that he's been having. All right. So um, moving on from this. So I'm curious because... 
saw a couple of people on social media that seemed to be completely over the Jericho Appreciation Society with feuding with Ricky Starks and Action Andretti and all of that. And I know they've had their hits and their misses. I get it. I get it. We talked about the events that unfolded at Dynamite in Los Angeles and how it really wasn't that great. But you know what? They're getting the ball back and whatnot. Um, but we are going to be having what they're calling a Garcia Guevara gauntlet. So the GGG, the Triple G. So Ricky Starks, in order to face Chris Jericho, he has to beat Angela Parker. He has to beat Matt Menard. And then once he beats them two, he's either going to face Garcia or Guevara. And whoever he gets, he has to defeat that person. And then he can go in and uh, wrestle Chris Jericho. Okay. I don't hate this. I'm seeing some people that are completely over this, but I still feel like you can get a little bit more out of Jericho and Ricky Starks. I know we've already seen it, but I do think you can maybe get a little bit more there. And I'm not, I'm just not opposed to the idea of seeing Ricky Starks get that rub from Chris Jericho and have them do this program together. To me, I know some people are tired of it, but I feel like there's still a lot more that you can get out of it. So that's why I personally am not over it yet because I do think that you can still get a whole lot more out of it. And look, if you want to keep building your name and you want to, you know, just keep building your name on the roster and this and that feuding with Chris Jericho, to me, that's a way to do it. That's a way to keep it going. So, um, I'm still, I'm still not over um, what they're doing with the Jericho Appreciation Society and Ricky Starks and all of that. But I know that some people might be a little bit uh, done with it for now, but we're good. Um, we got a super chat here from Danny Padilla, who says, with all of the talent he has, Tony absolutely needs to do his own G1, especially if he keeps bringing in talent from other promotions. Your thoughts? Thanks, Denise. Um, well, he does like, I know you mean specifically, you know, like the way that G the way, the way that they do their G1 and all of that, but Tony does already do a lot of like tournament style, uh, a lot of tournament, different, different tournaments already on AEW. So I wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, he has to do something exactly like the G1. I feel like right now with what he has and what he's doing, I feel like that's good enough, but if he wanted to do something more similar to that, I don't think people would be opposed to it, especially because you are right. There is a lot of different talent. And let's be real. Nobody's going to complain if we do. At least I don't think so. But or actually, I'm wrong. People would complain. Um, <laughs> people complain about everything. Let's be real. Um, but also, one of the other things, too, is I also just like to see. And this is something that AEW is already good at is. I like to see matchups that I didn't expect were going to be booked, that I didn't expect that were going to be put together, that I didn't expect to watch. And I do think that uh, Tony has done a really good job of giving us matches that we're like, oh shit, we didn't know we were going to get this surprise. This person's getting into AEW to have this match with so-and-so. I think they've done a really good job of giving us these like unexpected matches that, uh, again, we didn't see coming. And I think that's part of the... Um, that's part of what draws me to that. Grapple Geekery sends in a super chat saying four more weeks of this when he already beat Jericho sucks. Move on. I get it, guys. I get it. And I know that people, like I said, some people are not. Um, I know some people are not are, are over it. Case in point right here. Case in point. But I'm still feeling it, guys. I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to give it a chance. You know what? I hate to be this person. I'm going to let it play out. Oh, God, I hate that. I hate that. That's it. I hate myself. It's official. <laughs> I'm the let it play out person. It's done, guys. I officially said I'm going to let it play out. Man, I'm upset with myself. Let's press on. Uh, thank you, Grapple Geekery. And you know what? I'm, you know what? I'm going to be pissed, too. I'm going to be pissed if this... Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be happy if this turns out to be something entertaining. I'm gonna be very happy. But if by the time we get Jericho and Ricky Starks again, and let's just say it doesn't turn out good, I'm gonna be pissed. But I have faith. You know what? I have faith. I hope I don't regret those words. Uh, thank you to Grapple Geekery for sending in this super chat as well. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, press on from here. And see what people 
are thinking about this. Justin says, uh, it's an entertaining angle and something bigs for Starks to do. I'm fine with it. Thank you. Thank you. I felt like I was alone in this, man. I felt like it was alone in this one. Chris says, um, why are they really into action Andretti? I mean, he's a nice worker, but his roster has way, way better potential stars. See, here's the thing with that. I, there's, here's, like, I see things, like, in terms of levels. Like, there's guys that are already, uh, you know, they're already made in AEW, or they were already stars, and they came into AEW. You have those guys, right? And then you have your top, you know, homegrown AEW stars that are kind of already made on the AEW brand. And then below that, you have guys that, um, you know, you know, are going to be the future, but they're not just, they're not in the title picture yet, but they're, but they're, uh, you know, they're getting there, they're entertaining and this and that. And then you've got the new set of people that are coming in and, you know, starting to make a name for themselves. And that's the way that I see action and dready, you know, he's coming in, he's starting to make a name for himself. And when I think a lot of the, when I think about a lot of the guys that um, we've been exposed to on AEW just as much as Action Andretti, where it hasn't been, when they're still new, we haven't really seen too much of them. We've only seen a couple of things here and there, or even some guys that we've seen a little bit more of. I got to tell you, I'm a bigger fan of Action Andretti than some of those other guys. Like there's other guys that I feel have gotten very over very fast with the AEW fans. And there's some of them where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like they're good. But for me, I actually see it more with Action Andretti than I do with some others. So personally, I'm looking forward to Action Andretti and what he's doing because I actually think he's bringing something different um, than what we've been seeing with a lot of the newer talent. To me, he feels different. He's standing out. And so that's why I think that they, um, you know, had him defeat Chris Jericho, clearly Chris Jericho saw something in him. He already said this when uh, he watched him in a dark match against QT Marshall. He saw something in him and he decided that this was going to be the guy to, uh, you know, get this win over him. To me, I see the thing that makes Action Andretti different. And that is why personally I'm a fan and I'm assuming that's why they're a fan too. And so when it comes to why they're pushing them, I get it. And I hope that they keep doing it. I really hope that they keep doing it. Uh, I like this comment from Alexis. Alexis P says, damn, Denise, there's no room for optimists in the IWC. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <clears throat> and let's go ahead and move on from here. I love it. All right. Um, Let's get into Brian Danielson versus Timothy Thatcher. So this was one that I knew the match was going to be good. But again, I'm not the biggest Thatcher fan. So I was like, all right, I'll just sit back and enjoy this match. Whatever, right? Um, this was a good one, too. And this was definitely different in terms of everything that we saw later on in the night. Uh, it was it was different from Hangman and John Moxley. It was different from Takeshita and Cage. It was different from Darby and Samoa Joe. This one here, um, you know, had a little bit more of the technical side of it. We got to see, you know, Obviously, they were promoting, putting over Thatcher very hugely as a, you know, submission specialist. So that was definitely something that we saw play out throughout the entire match. And then you add in, uh, you know, Brian Danielson always doing, you know, his yes kicks and all of that and everything that he does. Um, I did like there was one particular part that I kind of really liked, actually. And it was when Brian Danielson was getting his yes kicks in. And then Timothy Thatcher just like blocks it. He just puts his two fists down and just blocks it um, for some reason. There's little things that kind of get over with me. And that was definitely one of those things that I definitely enjoyed. Um, but here we go. We need to talk about. So we do end up seeing Brian Danielson get the win. Obviously, he needs to be winning these matches and all of that. A good match here. This was a good showcase for Timothy Thatcher and all of that. But I want to talk about what happened with um everything else so during this match we see mjf come out and you know clearly mjf does not want to see brian danielson get these wins whatsoever so Takeshita, so as mjf is about to go in and you know ruin things for brian danielson Takeshita goes in and attacks him like he comes out of nowhere man and goes right after him and then commentary made sure to quickly remind us that yeah you know what Takeshita did go out and say that brian danielson is one of his favorites etc and so he clearly does not want to see this happen so he goes after mjf they end up fighting and brawling all the way to the back and so they're finally spread up they're finally separated and renee paquette comes out and she's like i got an announcement from tony khan and tony khan basically says we're gonna have an eliminator match between mjf and takeshita next week 
And so MJF's freaking pissed and this and that. I liked this. I'm so happy that they uh, made sure to do this match because I feel like, you know, we have these big gaps in terms of when we see MJF wrestle and when we don't see MJF wrestle. And sometimes the gap just goes a little bit too long. And I feel like we kind of needed to see like, you know, I wanted to see MJF in a match now and we're going to see him in one against Takeshita. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm curious to see how it's going to turn out because, you know, they are two guys with uh, different styles. And so I'm curious to see what their in-ring chemistry is going to look like. And so this is a matchup that I'm genuinely curious about. Um, But then I do want to talk a little bit about what happened afterwards, because I do think that there was um, perhaps a timing issue, not a timing issue, but it feels like they should have swapped some of these segments because um, they did announce that we're going to be getting Roosh versus Brian Danielson, and that's going to be happening on uh, Dynamite next week, right? So we had just seen MJF be pulled apart in this brawl. He's pissed off. He's arguing. He's yelling. He's this. He's pissed. All of that, right? And then we get a backstage segment where Roosh is being offered money from from MJF, but MJF comes in and he's all cool and collected and, you know, dressed to the nines and not angry whatsoever like he just was in the last scene that we saw. So I really wish that they would have somehow maybe swapped these two because it didn't make sense to like see him in that element after we had just seen him in that previous element with Takeshita where they were beefing and all of this and all of a sudden he comes in and he's cool and he's suave. Like nothing happened. So that was a little bit of a weird uh, positioning for these for these um for that particular interview. But we do get him basically just going up to Roosh and telling him, you know what, I want you to basically destroy and end Brian Danielson. And here's this money, and you're you're gonna get a lot more of it if you do succeed. So Roosh takes the money and he basically tells him in Spanish, like, I will do this for you, and I will beat the living life out of Brian Danielson. But if you, but I am also going to want to take that title away from you. So I did like that. Um, I did like that little confrontation that we got between Roosh and MJF. So for those of you non-Spanish speakers, that is what you missed out on. There was a little bit more that Roosh had to say to MJF than MJF was aware of. Although MJF did kind of did kind of sense it um, when he was uh, having this conversation with them. So either way, I'm looking forward to uh, Roosh and Brian Danielson. I think that one's going to be pretty, uh, pretty good. Reckless Rommel says, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Amen. Um, all right. Let's see what else we got here. Simeon Windef says, MJF is giving Roosh all his new contract money by the size of that briefcase with five more coming. For reals, man, he's loaded. Hey, man, if he's going out there with all of this Burberry and his fancy suits and he's got all his money and he's a millionaire now and everything else that he's said before in the past, I would be expecting a bunch more money if I'm Roosh. Uh, Christopher says, Denise's translation was on point. You're welcome. All right. Um, moving on from this, let's see, where are we at with all of this now? Um, okay. We got Jade versus red velvet. This one was pretty much what we've been seeing for every Jade Cargill match. You know, she comes out, uh, we did see a visual pin though, where red velvet did get a visual pin on Jade Cargill, but that was not seen by the referee. So Jade goes in there, she hits her Jade and she gets the win and she officially gets her 50th victory, her 50th victory. We're there guys. Um, I'm assuming at this point, I'm thinking they're just going to get to a hundred. You can't like, I want to see it be an even number because I'm a weirdo like that. Um, I want it to be like a big number. It's got to be like a 75 or a 100. Um, I don't want it to be like a 53 or something. I don't know, a 62. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. You know, it has to be like a number that makes, <laughs> that feels right. So I've, um, anyway, so she gets her 50th win. Uh, I mean, a lot of these matches have been a little bit of the same thing. So I kind of feel like um, I would, there's only been a, there was one match, and I think it was the one with Blue Sky, Sky Blue, 
The match with Sky Blue, I liked because it felt different. I do wish we got to see more of that, though, in these matches with Jade Cargill. Because I remember that Sky Blue match was really fun to watch because they just set it up a little bit different. They gave her a little bit more offense. There was a moment where you might have believed that Sky Blue was going to defeat Jade Cargill. I would like to see a little bit more of that incorporated into these matches because for the most part, it does feel a little bit copy and paste. Um you know, every one of these victories, but it was nice because afterwards she brought out her daughter and I didn't realize that her daughter was crying. I thought that was so sweet, but she was like covering her face and it made me laugh because I thought about my own sister because my sister always gets mad when my mom posts pictures about her on Facebook. So I thought it was kind of funny that, you know, Jade brought out her daughter and her daughter's like covering her face, but she was crying emotional. So that must be very, very nice to see, you know, your mom go out there, kick butt and then like be champion. So that's pretty dope. But um, everybody's putting over that sky blue match as well in terms of that being her toughest match for sure. For sure. Yeah, and I agree also with Neil where um, a lot of the matches don't feel competitive. Yes. And this goes back to uh, based Martian's point about sky blue. That match did feel competitive. So I would like to see just the formula of those matches just switch up just a tiny bit there. But there we go. We'll wait and see what happens. Um, all right. So. Let's get into the match that I've been dying to talk about, guys. I've been dying to talk about this match. Mm. All right, so whenever I really like a match, um, I call it a Denise match in terms of this is this is a match that had everything that I love. This is the kind of match that just gets me. Um, I texted my husband right away and I was like, bro, <laughs> Darby Allen and Samoa Joe had a fucking Denise match. Um, this show was freaking cool. So this was a no holds barred match for the TNT championship. And I don't know what I was expecting from this because I, I don't know. I think I was expecting Darby to win this. Actually, I wasn't expecting Samoa Joe to win this. And the last two matches that we've seen with Samoa Joe and Darby Allen have pretty much gone this way, except obviously this one, because it was no holds barred. We got a little bit more out of it. Right. But the last two matches that we saw between Samoa Joe and Darby Allen, they were all pretty much Samoa Joe just beating the life out of out of Darby. That's what it was. And we kind of got the exact same thing today, just leveled up a little bit more. Um, okay, so I'm just going to run down some of these spots here because there were some freaking good ones. Um, okay, so right away, we should have known this Well. We already knew this match was going to be different, just given the no holds barred and all of that. But it started off really good because right away, there was a moment where Samoa Joe was taking out a table from underneath the ring. And Darby just decides to dive right into that table. And so Samoa Joe quickly gets like busted open, like right away from that spot. Um, this was very fast. Even the cameraman, when the cameraman got a little bit of the action during this table, uh, during this dive to the table. Then there was another spot that I thought was, was kind of brutal. I can't even describe it. Best way to describe it is Darby somehow gets like ricocheted over the steel steps into the barricade. But as he passes the barricade, this is his body and it just hits his lower back, just hits the barricade and it looked disgusting. My back was killing me just watching that. And so that ended up playing out for the rest of the match. For the entirety of the match, you ended up seeing Samoa Joe slam him. Samoa Joe throw him around. It was basically any pain that can be caused on Darby Allen's back is what we ended up seeing. They go into the crowd. Joe, Joe slams him onto the concrete steps. The only thing that I didn't like about this was the camera work for this spot because um we were seeing more of the crowd and we just barely saw Samoa Joe throw in Darby Allen into the steel steps. Um, it wasn't until afterwards when they showed that replay shot that you actually are not, not even the replay shot, but the time we saw him on the actual, on the actual concrete steps, he was already down. So we didn't actually see the actual move on like with the, with the angle where you could see the steps, we were seeing the angle where the crowd was at. So that was the only thing, but that's a minor little thing. Um, Still a sixth spot, though. Um, we get back into the ring. Samoa Joe, once again, is slamming Darby uh, into the mat. He's chopping him. Uh, finally, Darby chops Samoa Joe, but Samoa Joe just out of nowhere throws him out of the ring. Um, Samoa Joe then um, slams Darby 
onto uh onto chairs that were set up he gets them pretty much like the edges of the chair and just slams darby allen right into that then we see uh some darby allen put on the sweater with the thumbtacks and he ends up doing a coffin drop onto samoa joe while wearing the sweater but it's not enough to keep samoa joe down after this this one here i feel like we need to give a little bit of credit to darby allen because he goes around the entire ring and he is cutting the zip ties that are holding down the the canvas of the mat the canvas of the ring and he's going through and he's cutting all of them cutting all of them um that took a while but he went in there and he got it down pretty fast um i if you're a person who's ever cut that stuff it, it's a it's it's a little difficult so credit to him for doing that really fast and on live television um but we see darby then go through a table immediately after this then um samoa job gets that same sweater with the thumbtacks and puts it onto uh darby's face that was another really good moment but fine darby manages to get out of that by stabbing um Samoa Joe in the eyes with his fingers. And um, finally, for the actual finish, we see the wood is being exposed because that's basically what Darby did when he ripped up the canvas out of the mat and all of this. So the wood from the ring is pretty much exposed. So Samoa Joe goes to the top rope and he executes the muscle buster on Darby Allen off the top rope to the exposed concrete uh, wood on the mat. So that was definitely um, a pretty damn exclamation point of a finish. So what we got here was just spot, 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 and Darby nearly killing himself during all of these. Samoa Joe having like the time of his life, tossing around Darby like he's a bag of potatoes. Um, This was sick. This was completely sick. I loved it. I'm into this stuff. Um, this is my kind of stuff right here, guys. This was it. I had such a great time. But even then, when the finish happened, I still wasn't expecting um, Samoa Joe to get back the championship. So Samoa Joe gets back the TNT championship. And then I thought we were done from there, but we weren't. Instead, we ended up getting the return of Wardlow. Uh, the last time we saw Wardlow, he was getting his hair cut off. And so he comes back looking meaner than ever. Uh, he gets in there and uh, he tries to powerbomb Samoa Joe, but Samoa Joe gets out of the ring. And I'm going to be honest with this one, guys. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this because I did not like Wardlow as TNT champion. And so if this is leading to Wardlow, this is clearly leading to Samoa Joe versus Wardlow again for the TNT championship. I'm assuming Wardlow has to get the win on Samoa Joe here. So personally, I just don't know how I feel about circling back to Wardlow as TNT champion so soon. Um, I did want to see a little bit more out of Darby as champion. I prefer Darby as champion over Wardlow, to be honest. But I really do hope that if we get Wardlow in the TNT title picture again, or as the TNT champion again, I want it to be different than what we were getting uh, previously, because previously I wasn't feeling it, man. I wasn't a fan anymore. Uh, they kind of lost me. Uh, I kind of felt like we were just seeing the same things over and over and over again. And if it wasn't for Samoa Joe and, uh, you know, being incorporated into that story, I would they would have lost me completely on it. So I'm a little bit hesitant, but... I'm gonna let it play out. <laughs> That's the theme of today. I'm gonna let it play out. Um, but seriously, though, this was a main event that I absolutely loved. It was my match of the freaking night. Um, man, I don't know what I got to do. I would I would love to see it. Screw it. I want a best of seven series with Darby and Samoa Joe. I don't care. That's what I want. Let's see what we got here. David Kaplan sends in a super chat saying, hi, Denise. Honestly, do you think MJF can carry this company for the foreseeable future? AEW has a lot of older stars who is going to carry on the torch. I love MJF and I'm a big fan of his. Um, if you've been seeing a lot of my AEW review shows, uh, he is consistently one of my favorite things to watch on the show. I love pretty much all his promos. When we do get to see him wrestle, I think he puts on he puts on pretty great matches like the match that he had with Darby Allen not to uh when was it was it full gear 
full gear like two years ago, something like that. Um, or last year, God, everything's a blur. Um, I thought that was pretty good. The dog collar match that he did with, with CM Punk, that was a really good match too. So I feel like when he's in these big deal matchups or in whenever he's on, you know, whenever he has these pay-per-view matches, he really delivers and he already has down the promo work. Like that's number one, the dude presents himself like a star and that's very important. And I do see him, uh, you know, definitely carrying AEW in the foreseeable future. And even now, I think he's on the road to that. And I feel like you just need to continue to see him in big programs with stars that are that are just as big, like putting him in there with Brian Danielson. Freaking great, man. Freaking great. Um, I wish that if, you know, things didn't go the way that they did with CM Punk and everything, clearly we would have gotten so much more out of CM Punk and MJF because there was still so much more that could have been done there. And it seemed like that was the direction that they were going, but obviously, you know, things happen and now we're not, at least as of right now, we're not getting that. Um, we still don't know what's going down with CM Punk and AEW. Things still haven't been said or clarified. So, um, I do think that we just need to continue to see MJF in these big time storylines. And right now he's doing good stuff with Brian Danielson. And I'm excited to see how revolution goes. Uh, thank you, David. I hope I kind of answered your question. Um, all right. So uh, there you guys go. That was pretty much this show, but um, I feel pretty good about it. I thought this was a pretty good one. Everyone uh, Justin says crazy, brutal match. These two are perfect for each other. Congrats to Samoa Joe on once again being the undisputed king of television. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where we're at with all of this. I think everybody had a good time tonight. Everybody did have a good time tonight. Alrighty, everyone. Before I go, I will be back this Friday. I wasn't here this past Friday, but I will be here this Friday for sure um, to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. So feel free to join me. I'm live Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Tuesdays, NXT. Wednesdays, AEW. Friday, SmackDown and Rampage. I will be here. Uh, so please come in, hang out. And once again, before I go, do not forget to check out my stuff on YouTube, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Uh, the link is always in the description box below of this video. You're all, for those of you who are on YouTube, you're already here. Just type in my name and you'll be able to watch all of my content from the Royal Rumble. Uh, it would really mean a lot to me if you guys did. And other than that, I'll see you guys back here next time. Thank you so much to everybody. Have a Great night. Bye, everyone.